Before I begin, I just want to say a quick prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for this day, for another service that you've given us. And I just pray that you will guide my words, that you will help me as I speak, that you will give me words from you and not words of my own. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the prayers that you've answered and for your hand protecting us. And I pray that you will touch the hearts of the people listening, that they will be able to receive the message that I have. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As Christians, we are in a battle every day. We are in a battle against Satan. He may try to tempt us and try to pull us away. And every day we must fight. So if you have your Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm sure most of you are familiar with this passage. Um, it is the armor of God. I did not mark it. I forgot to do that. I'm going to begin at verse 11. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. Put, out, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. I'm going to jump down to verse 17. Put on the, put on the, excuse me, put on salvation as your helmet, and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit at all times, and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I'm going to be talking about the two pieces here that are our offensive weapons. That is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and prayer. Those are two very key and important things if we are to fight the devil and we are to stand firm as God tells us to. Our battle is not what we can see. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we are fighting a battle that we cannot see. And so we must fight in prayer, and we must know God's word. As a teenager, I have many questions about how to live as a Christian should and what the Christian life is. And since I've grown up in church all my life, I know a lot of what I believe. And I know I believe it, but sometimes I don't know why I believe that or what the Bible really says about that. So I'm going to look at what the Bible says about prayer and about studying God's word.
It's important to learn of God and to develop a relationship with his spirit. How much are we willing to live for God? Are we willing to live all in for him? Are we willing to do whatever he asks us to do? Are we willing to develop a relationship with him and serve him? I'm going to look at Acts 2.42. And it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In this part of Acts, we had just been through Pentecost, where the 120 disciples prayed in the upper room, and God sent down his spirit on them, and they went out and preached the gospel, and 3,000 people were saved. We're right after that. So I found it interesting when I was reading through that. This is the very birth of the church. There were 120 disciples that were told about, and 3,000 people just got saved. That's 120 people to teach 3,000 people. And so it says they devoted, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's equivalent to today for us studying God's word and reading his word. They didn't have the book of Acts and the gospels and the letters. They had what the apostles taught. And so as we study the New Testament and the Old Testament and what God tells us through his word, then we can study how to live the Christian life. So my first question is, is it important to study God's word? That might seem like an obvious question. Of course it's important to study God's word. But sometimes we need to ask the obvious questions and answer them. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. If we are to know how to live the life that God has set out for us, then we must study God's word and know what it says. It is useful to teach us what is true to show us what is right and what is wrong. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It will show me where to go. And how much should we study God's word? Psalms 1-2 says, But they, that being the godly, delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Those that are godly, that are seeking God, should meditate on his word all the time. Be thinking about the mysteries of the scripture and praying all the time. Sometimes that might seem like it's too much. Are we really to think about God and to pray with him all the time? But it says that we are to meditate on his word day and night. And how are we going to meditate on his word if we do not read it and if we don't study it? And be excited about what it has. As far as I can find, we are not commanded to read God's word every morning. So it can, 
I, I don't see anywhere where it draws a line. You must study God's word for this exact amount of time every day because sometimes we can't. And with every circumstance, it's a little different. But it goes back to the heart. Do we want to study God's word? Do we want to know more of him? And if we really want to learn more of God, then at some point we will find a time to study it. So where is your want to? Do you want to study God's word? Do you have a desire and a passion to learn more of him? Or is it just boring? Is it just the same, same old stories over and over again and again? Our service to God starts in our heart. Do you want to be a devoted Christian? Or do you just want to give, get to heaven without making any sacrifices? Because if that is your desire, and if that is your goal, then you're not going to make it there. Because in order to have the reward, you must first do the command. So yes, it is important to study God's word. It is important for us to meditate on it all the time. God does not want a half-hearted Christian. He wants one that is willing to spend how much ever time it takes and is willing to seek God no matter what. Will you be that one? He does not want us to only have a devoted life, as it says in Acts, but he also wants us to live a praying life. So again, we ask the seemingly obvious question, is prayer important? Prayer is communion with God. We talk with God and he talks with us. So if we want to analyze if prayer is important, then we can just go back to the very beginning, to the garden with Adam and Eve. God created two people and there was no sin. The world was perfect. And he, it says he came and he talked with them every evening. That communication was not broken. They had free communication, us with God. But then Adam and Eve sinned, and that sin broke our communication with God. And it made us so that we couldn't have that free communication. And that really, that really saddened God's heart. He wanted to be able to talk with us and to commune with us, but because we sinned, we couldn't anymore. And so he set up this long 4,000-year plan in order to get our communication back open with him. We go through the Old Testament, and he, he calls Abraham and tells him that your seed will be as countless as the stars. And he sets up a people that, has, that he set apart as his own, and he set up sacrifice where people, where the priest would slaughter the animals to atone for the people's sin. And it went on and on and on until finally we get to Jesus, where God sent his only son to come to earth and to live with us. 
and to talk with us and teach us what he would have us to do and the life that he would have us to live. But he didn't just come to talk with us and to say, stop being bad. He came to do more than that. He came to give the ultimate sacrifice so that communication with God could be restored. God sent his only son to die on the cross, to take the place that we were supposed to, to take the punishment that was ours so that that communication with him could be restored. So do you think it's important to God? Do you think prayer is important to God? It would seem so. And if that prayer is important to God, then it's also important to us too. Not just to talk with God, but without God, we would be nothing. We are nothing without God. We cannot do anything without him. Without a relationship with him, we're just empty shells of man trying to find our way in a barren wilderness, without any compass, without any way, without anyone to help us. As the song says, we could not even walk without him holding our hand. It was important enough to God to send his son to die for us. And prayer is important to us because we cannot live without it. If we go back to Ephesians and the armor of God, it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark age. Our fight that we are fighting every day to be able to stand firm is not in what we see, but it is in prayer. So how much should we pray? Psalms 5.3 says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my requests to you and wait expectantly. So here we see that David came to God in the morning. And in Daniel 6.10, it says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. And here it is. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. And so he made it his regular practice to spend three times alone in prayer with God. No matter what happened around him, even if, like in this story, he would be condemned to death if he did that. But he didn't stop praying, even with that, because he knew prayer was important. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says, pray without ceasing. So we have that David prayed in the morning. Daniel made his regular practice to pray three times a day. And then we have in Thessalonians, it says, pray without ceasing. So we are really, we are to pray all the time. To always have communication with God. Because you see, we are fighting this battle with Satan every day, all the time. It's not like sometime he's just going to sit back and decide not to fight us because we're not praying anymore. That's when he's going to go after us most. We have to be praying all the time. And I know there will be times where 
you have to focus on something else. And it's not like you're spending time alone in God with prayer all the time. But there's that communication that's always open. So is it important to have time alone to pray with God? Because we are to pray without ceasing and have communication with him, but does the Bible say that we need to pray alone with him? Matthew 6, 5, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. It says when you pray, not if you pray. God does want us to spend time alone with prayer. His word does tell us that we need to have that time without distractions. We put our phone down and we pray alone with him, not with anyone watching us or observing us, not for our glory, but just because we are friends with God and we talk and we pray together. Again, the Bible doesn't tell us necessarily how much time we need to spend alone in prayer. It can change from circumstance to circumstance. But the question comes to, how much time are you willing to spend in prayer? And how important is prayer to you? If it is our defense against Satan that comes attacking us, then why don't we pray? If you have lost loved ones that need God, then why won't you spend time alone in prayer? How important are their souls? How important is the world that you see around you that seems like it's going into chaos? And the, the many souls that you might not know, but that are lost and do not know God, how important are they? Prayer is not something that's just going, that you're just going to have time for. It's something that you actually have to make time for. So if prayer is important, what in your life is maybe less important that you could lay aside to have time to pray? Perhaps it might be videos or sports or the news or TikTok. There are many things in our lives that, that could be just distractions. They might not be bad in themselves, but what's most important? Is it important to listen to his voice and to follow where he would have us to go? See, not just communication where we talk to God, but is it important that we listen to him? Listen to what he tells us to do and what he says to us and obey that. Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says, This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that you would. We are to walk in the Spirit, meaning that throughout the day, as we pray without ceasing, 
as we talk with him when we have a spare minute. He might ask us to do something, and then we need to do it and obey. It is important. We cannot just choose sometimes to walk in the flesh and sometimes to walk in the spirit. If we're going to walk in the spirit, then we have to walk in the spirit all the time. And then on the other side of it, there's the example of the Jewish leaders in Acts 7.51. This is Stephen um, right before he was stoned to death. He was brought before the Jewish leaders, and this was his argument slash defense and his, his testimony as well. And he says to the Jewish leaders, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? What if he was saying that to us? Are we going to be people that follow the Spirit, that listen to the Spirit and do, does what he says, or are we going to be people who call ourselves Christians and yet we resist the Spirit? And how much, how much of our day should we spend listening for the Holy Spirit and obeying what he says and having communication with him? Well, with that question, I answer it with a question. Do you think we can choose to live part of our day for God and part of our day not? If we are going to live for God, we have to live all in. We must obey all the time. Are you willing to give your whole life to God? I know I've prayed many times myself, Lord, I surrender all. I want my whole life to be you, yours. I want to live for you no matter what. But are those just words that we say? Have you prayed that prayer too? Are they just words that you say and you don't mean them? Or are you going to live completely for God? Another question that I have, is it important to obey our personal convictions? Because when we talk with the Spirit and he talks with us and we commune and we build this relationship with God, he might show us things in our life that we shouldn't do or some things that he wants us to do that he might not tell somebody else to do. The kinds of things that he might convict me about that he doesn't convict you about. Is it important to obey them even if they seem small? Sometimes it's hard to, to remember when I'm being tempted with something like that, because that's not something where I can pull out a scripture and be like, this is wrong, and I'm not gonna do this, because it's something that God's showed me personally.
Romans 14, 1 through 8. Says, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it is all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will only eat vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't, and those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall, and with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Drop down to verse eight, or verse seven. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord, and if we die, it is to honor the Lord. That is the guiding principle behind our personal convictions and why it is important. Some things that God might tell us to do and some things he might tell us not to do, they are to honor God. For we do not live for ourselves. We live for him. And there will be things that are slightly different some things that God doesn't draw a complete line on, but one thing that I remember um, someone saying was that if it seems wrong, then it probably is. If something is troubling your conscience that you feel like is not right, then you need to make that a matter of prayer and talk to God about it and decide whether this is something that God is telling you not to do, or this is something that God is telling you to do, or not. And then, how much do we hold on to those convictions, and how much do we follow them? Verse 5 says, Let every man be fully convinced in his own mind. If you are going to have a personal conviction and you've prayed about it and God has said, this I want you to do or this I don't want you to do, then you need to hold on to it and you need to follow that. Or else you might just look like someone who's constantly being tossed by the wind. We need to follow that which we say we believe. The only exception being is if we've held on to something that God then shows us we need to let go of. There might be times where we get it wrong. And if we do, then we do need to back down. But if it is right, and if God has told us to do it, then we need to stand firm. God does not want a half-hearted Christian. He wants one that is going to be all in. Will you be a Christian? that is all in for God. We are to have a devoted life and a praying life, but we are also still a human life. It's not always going to be easy. We are still on this side of eternity. There'll be times where things get foggy and we don't understand. 
There might be times where we falter. And that is in some, sometimes what I've struggled with most. If I have a conviction and I know I need to stand firm in it and I don't, then is it wrong? What does that mean? What, what if we falter? Psalms 37, 24 says, Do the godly, though the godly stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. If our heart is purposed toward God, if we are determined to serve him and seek him no matter what and put him first, there might be times where we falter because we are still a human life. But if we are still holding on to his hand, we will never fall. And then, what if we don't have time? What if we don't have time to pray or time to study or usually we set aside time, but then for some reason, we didn't have it that day? Well, sometimes there won't be time, and that's okay. God, like I said, God didn't say we must always study this exact amount of time and read this, this exact amount of chapters every day because we're still human. And he knows that we won't always be able to be perfect. But if we hold on to God and if we hold his hand, then he will help us through it all. But it's in those times when we didn't have as much time as we'd like to spend with God that we need to guard more, that we need to pray without ceasing all through our day because we haven't had that time to connect with God. And so that might be a time when we're weaker and when the devil's going to attack us more. But even in those times, we must continue to serve him with a whole heart and to love him and to follow his commands. And if your heart is purposed toward him, if you are holding on to his hand, then eventually there will be time again. This is the kind of thing where I can't draw a line because I don't know each of your lives. And even the ones that I know the closest, I couldn't tell them exactly what they needed to do because I'm, I don't know them that well. God is the one that knows us the most, and he is the one that we are accountable to. And so in anything like that where, where we're questioning, is this right or wrong? Did, did I do something wrong here? Or whatever the case may be, whatever the question may be, I don't have an answer for you. Most of the time, I won't be able to answer you, and some of the people that may be closest to God might not be able to give an answer to you. So it's in those times you need to go to God and ask him. Build a relationship with him, and he will commune with you, and he will show you the path that you need to go. He will teach you, and he will show you the way. And also, what if we get this 
grumpy kid in us that is just determined not to obey God in a particular time. There's been times, I hate to admit it, but I knew God was telling me to do something. And I just sat there like, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> that grumpy kid is our flesh. And we need to resist the flesh. There'll be time, there might be times where you are like what, where I've been. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to do it. But eventually, God shows me that I need to. And he will show us. And he will teach us. And those times where God might have to give us a little spanking. <laughs> I know we don't like to talk about that because it hurts. But Proverbs 3, 11 through 12 says, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. If our heart is perfect toward him, even in those times where we might be that grumpy kid, he'll still show us the way and he'll correct us and he'll bring us back around to where we need to go. God wants us to live completely for him. Not hold anything back, but to live all for him. He wants us to be Christians that are all in. If we are fighting the battle that I talked about, we need to put on the whole armor of God. We need to know his word. We need to hide his word in our heart, meditate on it all day long, for that is where our strength comes from. That is where our ability to fight comes from. And pray and talk to him. If we are in that battle, if we think of it like a physical battle, are there going to be times in a real battle, if we were fighting sword to sword, would there be times in that battle where you could just sit down and be like, I'm tired, I don't want to right now? No, because you're going to get killed. We can't just choose to live for God some and not at other times. We cannot serve two masters or else we will love the one and hate the other. We must live all in. At the beginning of revival, I, um, I was determined to obey. I had just, um, it's kind of a, a complicated story. It's hard for me to explain all the details because it's just so beautiful the way that God worked it all together. But I think I was just struggling with the thing where I was being the grumpy kid and I didn't want to obey God. But then God corrected me and I was determined that I was going to live for him and that I was going to obey. And he showed me that I needed to sing that Sunday morning, the beginning of revival. And he showed me what song I needed to sing. And so I just kept repeating in my head over and over, 
obey, obey, and just didn't worry about whether it would go well or not or whether it was God's will or not because I knew it was God's will. And so I was determined to obey. And when I sang that song, I was trying to think about what it meant to me. And if you remember, if you were there, I didn't really have the words because the battle that I was fighting, the reason why I was singing that song, it's because I was still trying to hold on myself. I was trying to hold fast. It seemed like things around me were changing and I didn't understand them. And so I held on to God and I held on to the scripture that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because I felt like things were changing and I didn't understand it. And so I asked that you remember me in prayer because I didn't understand it and I didn't have the words to give my testimony. And in that revival, God showed me what it was that I was dealing with. And it was an addiction that I'd been dealing with all my life, probably for as long as I can remember. I struggled with just spending too much time on technology, watching too much too many videos and just wasting all the time that I could be using for God. And God has been working in my heart about that. He showed me that that's not what he wants me to do and that he wants me to live all in for him. And that if I was to do that, I needed to give that up. And that I didn't just need to do it less, I needed to not do it at all because it was a too much of an addiction. For me, if I do something, most of the time I do it all in. It's not one way or the other. So when it comes to that, I might watch one video and then I'm spending the rest of the evening watching videos and wasting all the time that I could have used for God. And he showed me that he wanted me to find my all in him. God showed me that he, more specifically, he wanted me to find my pleasure and my rest in him. Because after I had been through maybe a hard day of school and I was tired, I would naturally just want to go to that to rest. But he showed me that I needed to find that in him, not in the things of this world. And so I struggled with that and and just like I said with like my question, what if we falter? Because that was a personal conviction that really I've had for a long time that I needed to not do that anymore. But I just hadn't been able to conquer it for some reason or other and I didn't understand. But Monday night, Brother Epperson preached about take up your cross and follow me. That's Matthew 16, 24. Take up your cross daily and follow me. That scripture I'd never really fully understood before. I would read it and, and in the back of my mind, I would just know I, I wasn't really living it. Because I knew that meant giving up some things that I wasn't giving up. And it just seemed like that would hurt too much. And so there's one, 
one phrase that he said that scripture in. He said, sometimes you just need to plant your cross and hang there. And that scripture just, or that, that phrase just stuck with me. And I, I would, I used that over the next, well, up until now, <laughs> to remember that this is not something I just needed to give up. I needed to, to die to myself in this thing. I needed to surrender this to God. And in that, God gave me victory. He gave me victory to be able to be freed from that thing that was holding me back from all the dreams that I had wanted to achieve. All the things for God that I wanted to do, I wouldn't have time because I was wasting it all on that. But God freed me from that. And that's what I didn't understand because it hadn't come to pass yet. It's like the prophecies in the Old Testament. The... Um, Pharisees and Sadducees that we hear in the New Testament, they didn't understand what those prophecies meant because they hadn't happened yet. We understand how all these things referred to Jesus and his death and resurrection, but they didn't know that because it hadn't happened yet. And I didn't understand what was going on because God hadn't worked that full thing in my life yet. And so... Back at a scripture that I mentioned before, I have to find it. Galatians 5, 16 through 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that you would. I was trying to live both for my flesh in that area of my life and for the spirit. And that just doesn't work together because those are two opposite forces that cannot coincide together. And I couldn't do the things that I desired for God because I was still holding on to that. So sometimes in our life, it's going to take sacrifices to live all for God. But we need to be Christians that are willing to live all for God, to study his word and know what it says so that we will be ready to face the battle that we have to face every day. To be ready to fight this fight of faith, we must live all in. God does not want a half-hearted Christian. He hates those that are lukewarm and that try to balance both lives. He would rather that we be hot or cold. God does not want a half-hearted Christian. He wants one that will live all in. Will you be one that is willing to live all in? Will you study God's word and pray. Be a prayer warrior for God and serve him with whatever he asks you to do. Will you be all in for God? Thank you.